Hi, and welcome to the Yes Podcast. Here, we share a collection of real stories told by real people who have said, I am yes. I am young enough to serve. We hope these stories and the lessons in them encourage you and challenge you to get involved in kingdom work in your church, neighborhood, and life. Welcome to Yes. Good afternoon. This is Judy Wick, and I'm still at Gleanings for the Hungry in Dinuba, California. Today, I have the privilege of introducing you to a couple that Wes and I actually just met this week since we've been here serving at Gleanings for the Hungry. This couple, Ken and Anita Holzai, as soon as Wes and I both met them, it's like, oh my word, poster kids for Yes, Young Enough to Serve, even though they hadn't even heard of Yes yet. But it's their story that is the mission of what we try and accomplish in Yes, in just going after the serving potential, that untapped serving potential in adults in life's second half. So Ken and Anita, thank you so much for being willing to meet with me and just to share with our listeners some of the stories that you've shared with me and Wes. We were just absolutely touched by your passion for serving Jesus. So Ken, why don't we start with you and just tell a little background on how you got to where God has led you to serve today. Well, I spent most of a good part of my life in Michigan as a cash crop farmer and then also uh, 10 years in uh, a limestone quarry. So I had a business background and picked up skills in those two industries. But as a teenager, going way back, it was always on my mind that someday I would be involved in missions. Well, in 1987, the time came when our church led its first outreach to the country of Chile, Vina del Mar, Chile. And in that location, we were there to build a church building, a team of about 22. And while there, we met a lot of the high school kids from across the street, and we prayed to the Lord that we would be able to enter that high school and present the gospel message to all the kids. The principal refused us. So that night, we all prayed, Lord, we want to get into that high school and preach the gospel message. So the next morning, the principal sent over an individual and said, come on over. I've changed my mind. I want to, I want you to come and share the gospel with all the kids. I, I, I feel they need it, was his answer. So anyway, the pastor then that was leading our group presented the gospel message to about 600 kids. They were all standing in attention. In the end, his message was well understood, even as it was interpreted in Spanish. And the principal released the kids to pick up a copy of the Bible. And when he did that, there was practically a stampede to the front. Wow. <laughs> kids just wanted each, even if they had just a page of it, they, they wanted to have mm. that book. It meant mm. so much to them, and the Lord opened that door. Wow. So yeah. they could go in there. Right. And, yeah, it was one of the highlights yeah. of their trip. Yeah, oh, we my so word. Yeah. 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 So when I saw that, that just totally changed my life, told, changed my worldview, how I was thinking. And I knew I just needed a lot more, wanted a lot more of that type of activity in serving the Lord. So later on, we interviewed some very, uh, about in Virginia, there was about 40 missionary sending organizations that made a presentation in Virginia, and we interviewed them. We ran across Youth with a Mission, and this was an organization where the lay people are welcome, and it's easy entry. 
And after three months of training and a couple of months on outreach to practice what you've learned, you're well-equipped to serve the gospel, I, I believe, as well as many other people that perhaps have a lot more training. So this was encouraging to us, and this is what we did. We got our training in Hawaii, and from there, over the next 20-some years, we visited and had projects in about 20, 25 countries. So all kinds of projects, everything from teaching English in China, and this training was also done in Hawaii with a program called TESOL, Teaching English as a Second Language. And they, we are taught how to teach the English language to speakers of other languages, even though we don't know their language. Right. It's not necessary to know their language with the techniques that we were taught. So, and I want to come back to that, because obviously that's such a, an important part of what you do and what we think we can even maybe encourage um, others to consider teaching English as a second language. But Anita, I just want to ask you, so going back to this story, when, when Ken went to Chile and you <coughs> stayed home and then you said that it was over coffee at a restaurant, he comes home and he starts telling you his experience and he just, he breaks down. He is just like so incredibly touched. Tell me what went on in your heart and about the change that that took place there with you. Okay, well, our first mission trip was to Chile with our church, and Ken said, well, I'm going, and I said, well, I'm not, because I wasn't willing to go out of the country. I didn't want to fly. I had a fear of flying at that time, and I got motion sickness and all these emotions uh -huh. and reasons why I shouldn't go. So I said, goodbye, you know, have a good time, right. and I'm going to make a quilt wall. You're gone, and go ahead. So he left, but then when he came back, you know, he tried to tell me what happened over there and the, his relationship with the people and with the children. And he would, we were at a restaurant eating, and he's starting to tell me, and all of a sudden these tears are coming down his eyes. And I thought, what? <laughs> what happened to you? Well... Then several other times he would try to tell me, and now I know, you know, he was overcome by the Holy Spirit right. and the work that he did in him. And I said, well, and he would say, I wish you'd have been there. I wish you'd have come. I wish you'd have seen this. I wish you'd mm. been with me. So then the next time, our second opportunity was to Ecuador with our church. And I said, well, I guess I better go and see what this is all about, because it definitely changed his life and ultimately changed both of our lives. So, Yeah. So that was the beginning was then, the, the Ecuador was the beginning of your missions That's experience. Right. And yeah. so now, as of today, again, you together, you yes. have traveled to 25 mm -hmm. countries. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is just yeah. amazing, yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. The girl who didn't want to go out of the country <laughs> has now been to 25 other countries, and it's been an adventure. And no, you said, Anita, that you actually you actually got healed of this yes. fear of flying. That's right. And that was in a service where the speaker just yeah. felt that there was someone in the audience that needed special prayer for someone that might be afraid of flying. That's right. That's right. Wow. The evangelist came and he just spoke it out. And I said, oh, my gosh, that can't be any plainer. I will, <laughs> I will go up for prayer. And I did. And, and ever since then, it's been... God is good, and he's so All good to me. I mean, he gives me a good seat, and he doesn't sit me way in <laughs> <laughs> So I'm thankful for that. You don't have to be the co-pilot. Right. <laughs> I would just add, too, in a lot of these mission trips, we, we focus on the project. We're going to accomplish this, this, right. and this. And, 
And there's every, every effort made to do that. But in God's eyes, it's, it's what he builds in us that is a result, the end result of these mission trips. It's not the project at all. And it took a while to learn that. Coming from a business background, I always felt push, push, push. We got to get this done. But it's what yeah. God does in the people. Yeah. And, and I saw that again and again, the teams that we led. And some people, some young people are so inspired. One of them went on to be a pastor or is, is in, in getting instructions to be a pastor. So. Well, I love that you have that kind of openness and that, you know, when you go to serve, that you are serving with a willing spirit and know that, yes, you have a task, you know, you want to accomplish, you know, whether it's building something or, you know, helping, you know, whatever the the project is, Mm -hmm. but you know that more importantly, it's about the people and it's about serving them. And then you're always aware of what God is doing in and through your life. So. Wow, I've only known you for a couple of days, and already I feel like you've been such a blessing here, you know, on this campus. So this is just great. So let's just say someone's listening to this, and they love Jesus, and they they just they want to serve Him more. They hear your stories of, you know, going all over serving in these different countries, and they think, okay, man, even just one country that would be something I would like to just even try. How can you? How could you encourage someone to take that that next that next step? Well, if you have just any inkling at all in your heart that you would like to do it, don't be afraid Mm. to do it. And if you can go with a short-term team and a group, try it. Don't be afraid to try it. Step out of the boat. You know, the Lord isn't going to put you in over your head. He wants you to succeed. And he'll be there with you every step of the way. So just try it. And you think, well, I can't do this or I can't do that. But the Lord will give you something to do. He has a plan for you in the future, and it's good. It's going to be exciting if you take that first step. Anita, this morning in chapel service, I love, or it might have been yesterday, sorry, but I, you, you stood up and you gave a quote. I don't even know who to give credit for the quote, but can you tell us that, that quote that you said yesterday? Well, the quote that we heard is, don't concentrate on what you can't do, but focus on what you can do. You know, you might not be able to do it all, but there's something you can Absolutely. do. Absolutely. There is something. Mm. Right, yeah. right. So, I love that. Yeah, and if you feel you have no skills or if you're physically limited, there is a demand in China alone for one million English teachers. So if you are a native English speaker, the demand is huge, and that is a excellent way to enter into the mission field. Teaching English will draw you very close to your students, and it really opens up the door for them to want to learn more, especially about Christianity. It's true in China. It's true in many, many countries in the world. So if someone was interested in this, and I know there's organizations like ELIC. Now I'm trying to think of... ESL is another Okay. um, And I know we're just shooting off these acronyms, but they could Google teaching English as a a second language, check with their denomination and what uh, missions groups that they would have to go there. But English as a second language would be, I don't want to say easy, like it wouldn't be without its complications, but it would be a really good way of a small group of people going. And I love what you said, that if you would go to China to teach English as a second language, I mean, you just have to, you're out there just sharing just your stories in English, and you just get these multitudes of people that just come and want to. They have English corners, they call them, and they know where those English corners are. And if a native English speaker 
comes to speak and just talk, they, they just want to hear your intonations and they want to hear how you pronounce things and you can tell them, you know, just any kind of a story and they just love it, you know, because they just want to hear from a Native American speaker. Wow. And if someone isn't quite ready to go to China, you know, you might say, well, I don't know, I, I can go out of the country, but you can learn it in the United States. There's uh, different uh, places, even uh, Youth with a Mission has a shorter six weeks teaching English to speakers of other language course, and then you can practice it in the United right, States. Right, right. And non-English speakers come to you then. You don't even have to go out of the country if you're not ready. Ken, one of the stories that I loved that you told was about when you were in Cambodia and those precious children that were just wanting to learn and even just learn a skill like sewing. Right. Tell about that. Okay. We were in a mission organization, had received a grant from a TV evangelist in the United States and built a substantial two-story building south of Phnom Penh, about 20 miles south in the middle of a what was once the killing fields and is now all rice paddies. He put up this two-story building and, and, and as an orphanage, right? And at the time we were there, there were about 50 kids. And so I and two other fellows built a fish farm, fish production facilities that could produce about 16,000 tilapia per year. So they had food to eat, they could learn skills, and they had enough surplus fish to sell as well. And eventually now this facility has grown to an additional school building for teaching the lower grades. Besides the 50 orphans that were at the facility, it has now grown to about 150 students in the school that was established there as well. So kids come and walk for miles to uh, attend this particular school at the orphanage. Mm. They're taught English and they're taught the usual subjects as well. So this has been a huge success from actually one individual, uh, Matt Shannon, who started out as a student in aquaculture school in Kona, Hawaii, at Youth with a Mission. So, so he just is, the whole cycle of just teaching people these skills for this to be sustainable, and then you're feeding them spiritually and they're growing. It's just... Yeah. How do you sleep at night? You must be so excited. <laughs> right. It's a memorable trip. It stays mm. with you with you for yeah. the rest of my days for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Some of the girls weren't all that interested in the fish technology. So we bought, I believe it was six used sewing machines, and we set them up in a building, and the kids were just so eager to learn sewing. So we set up certain rules, what they could do and not do, and the building was always locked at night. But the kids were so anxious to use those sewing machines that they climbed in the windows at 6 o'clock in the morning because all the doors were locked, but they wanted to get to those machines and, and use them. Electric sewing machines. And so. I thought it was interesting not to vandalize, not no. to steal them. They wanted no. to learn, to, learn. And just to keep working on their skills. Tremendous yeah. hunger yeah. to learn. Now, you see it over and over. It happened, you know, they saw it in Chile. The people, the uh, kids were so hungry for more knowledge and all the oh, way to Cambodia. Oh, we have that problem in America. Students just breaking into the classroom <laughs> because they can't wait to learn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard? <laughs> Oh, you guys, I just love your, I love your spirits and your energy and just thank you for having such big hearts and, and being so open to, to serve the Lord. I wish the listeners could see this couple because they're just, they glow 
just with the love of Jesus, and they've been married for 53 years. Mm -hmm. You can tell that they just tolerate each other. They love each other. They're life partners. They're ministry partners. And just what a difference this makes in their in their life's journey. So in closing, do you have any just last word that you'd like to say to a listener? Just don't be afraid to give it a try. Don't let fear come in the way. You know, do what you can do. Even if it's something little, you know, if, if you hear about someone going on a mission trip or your church or whoever, uh, talk to the group. See what they have to say and, and uh, give it a try. Yeah, Aww. give it a try. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Anita. Could I just have you please say a blessing over our listeners? And I'm just praying today that maybe there's even just one person that's listened today and they've heard your heart and they would be open to serving God. And just like you said, not being afraid, but being willing to go and serve. And maybe they'll be able to um, expand their territory. Okay. Well, I'm reminded of Proverbs 3, 21, I believe it is, that do not withhold from those to whom it is due when you have the power to do it. So mm-hmm. to me that says, and as Americans, we have so many, much, so much, so many resources, way beyond our basic needs, way beyond even our wants. And so I see that as God's command to share those resources. So Lord, I just pray that that uh, particular verse is reviewed by many. May it sink deep into the hearts and spirits of fellow believers, Lord, and may it act as a uh, just something that spurs us on, Lord. When we realize how much you've blessed us, Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit then to move hearts and minds uh, in the directions of helping those that do not have, Lord. And we just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ken and Anita. And I feel like Wes and I have that new friends, so I feel very, <laughs> very blessed. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Yes Podcast. If you are interested in getting involved with Yes or would simply like more information about this ministry, we welcome you to visit our website at yestoserve.org.